D.C.'s senior advocate released the results of a province-wide survey on the impact of visit restrictions at long-term care and assisted living homes. The report, entitled Staying Apart to Stay Safe, reflects the experiences of more than 13,000 residents and their family members over the course of this current pandemic. It shows that the biggest fear of people in long-term and assisted living centers is not necessarily contracting COVID-19, but actually not getting to spend quality, meaningful time with their loved ones as they near the end of their lives. To speak more to the survey results, and what she's hoping to see come out of it. I am pleased to welcome to the show BC's senior advocate, Isabel McKenzie. Isabel, thank you so much for the time. My pleasure. Good afternoon. So I'll start with uh, maybe just your your response to the results. Were you surprised to see that COVID-19 wasn't necessarily the biggest fear among those living in assisted living and long-term care homes? A little bit surprised, although I've spent most of my professional career working with with seniors, with seniors in long-term care and home care, and I think that most of us recognize that um, when people people know when they're um, approaching the final years of their life, and that it uh, is clarifying and and puts into perspective what's really valuable, and I think that. What uh, we've heard from this survey, both uh, through the answers and absolutely through the commentary that was also provided, is that family members, uh, um, residents want to spend time with their family members uh, more than anything else. And I'm imagining, too, this is just my own speculation, but the fact that this uh, survey was launched on August 26th probably had a part to play in in sort of what the results were. Because I'm sure early on in the pandemic, COVID-19 would have been the biggest fear. But as we get, you know, six, seven months into it, then it becomes more about, well, okay, now I just really want to start to see my family because I've been isolated for so long. Yes, actually. Um, and interestingly enough, Jeff, we did ask. We said, you know, what what was your fear before and what's your fear now? And you're right. Um, actually, there was more fear early on at the beginning of the pandemic than there is now. And I think that does reflect uh, by the time they were being asked about now, they'd spent, you know, seven months living with this pandemic and its impact on them. And for some residents in long-term care, the impact has been profound because they've been either cut off entirely from visiting with somebody because they can only have one designated visitor and they used to have a couple of people that came regularly or that their designated visitor who used to come every day uh, is now coming once a week for 30 minutes and it's in a common area with people watching them and it, it, it just, you know, as time marches on, I think people are realizing this can't be what it's going to be like for the rest of my life. And if we don't make some changes, that's what it will be. Yeah, so with that all said, I guess, what are you hoping to kind of see come out of this? What conversations are you hoping that this will spark? Because it was nice, right, back on June 30th when the province announced the requirements for how they would allow visits to be taking place at long-term care and assisted homes. And it was, thank goodness, we're at least going to be allowed some sort of physical uh, visits between people and their loved ones. But, you know, at this point, I guess it's just not enough to say, uh, you know, those, those short visits, those supervised visits that you're speaking of, they're just not enough for people anymore. I think, yes, I think you're right. People and certainly the public thought when visit restrictions were eased a bit at the end of June that that would bring um, relief to these family members. And I think the family members felt that as well. But I think what has materialized in the following four months is that they're really quite still restricted. 
um, and that's one issue. Um, certainly allowing the people who are the current designated visitors to simply come more frequently and for longer periods of time is not going to really increase the risk. They're already coming into the care home. Uh, we need to shift the visits to the private rooms as much as possible. 75% of residents are in a private room. And I think that that will bring some meaningful relief to those who are currently designated visitors. The other group, though, are the ones who aren't the designated visitor. And for some of those people, the impact is profound. So if you it were someone who flew in from Toronto once or twice a year to visit your mom in the care home, you haven't really been impacted in any real way mm -hmm. by this. But if there, were, uh, if there was a daughter out there who used to go visit her dad every, you know, couple of days or, you know, a couple of times a week uh, because her mom was going daily, that person hasn't seen her dad for nine months now. You know, you'll sometimes see a couple of sisters who are caring for their mom in long-term care, and they'd spell each other off. You know, you go Monday, I'll go Tuesday kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, only one of them can go now. The other sister hasn't seen her mom for almost nine months. Have you put any thought as to how that would work, how you could propose to increase those those visits and, and allow a few more of those, you know, direct care providers to be able to go in? Because I'm sure that the province is, wants to be able to allow it, but there's probably a lot of fear about opening up visitation to uh, more individuals in these types of home environments. Um, yes, I think that... Um if you could, so the, the first thing we need to do that, as I say, doesn't really increase the risk is the ones who are current designated visitors, we need to shift those visits to be more private, and I think mm -hmm. um, that will work. When we look at uh, adding additional visitors, that is, yes, we've got to come to grips with the fact that, that with that will come a potential risk. But we know the layers of detection and protection that work. They're not infallible. We're certainly uh, seeing that now in the Lower Mainland. But generally where we are seeing outbreaks is where we didn't follow necessarily all our layers of detection and protection. So it isn't, you know, there's there, we know that um, if we ask visitors to wash their hands, we take their temperature, we ask the health screening questions, we ask them to put on a mask, that we have reduced the possibility of the virus transmitting by quite a bit through those, um, uh, through those various layers. It's not zero, but it's less. And then I think, Jeff, what we need to look at, and the report touches on this as well, is just the totality of risk. So we're keeping people safe from the COVID-19 virus, but we're not keeping them safe from dying. Um, 4, more than 4,500 people have died in care homes during this pandemic, and 100 and I think it is 51 have died from mm -hmm. COVID during that time period. So people are still dying. Um, we're not protecting them from that. But what we are doing is we're not allowing them to spend the time they have left with the ones they love. There, um, by the time people are designated palliative, uh, according to the most people who answered the survey, it was less than a week before their loved one died. They didn't have the time for the meaningful visits. And the meaningful visits for end of life aren't always in the last 24 or 48 hours. They're in the weeks before that mm -hmm. when a person is a better able to engage. 
and we're not very good at long-term in long-term care of the, the, this whole issue of what is palliative and when is someone palliative. Um, it wasn't as crucially important in the past as it is now where you aren't allowed uh, any additional visitors. Some exceptions are made for palliative at end of life, but the survey found that for half of the people, they didn't make the kind, any kind of exception. Now, more than 2,000 responses um, to the survey were actual residents in homes. Is there, I don't know if this was part of the survey or not, but was there any concern? Obviously, they want to see their, their loved ones and their family more, and they want to see more of their loved ones and more of their family members have that chance to be able to connect. But w- was there any concern from, from current residents about opening that up, not so much for themselves, but once you open that up to a lot of other people, right, then you're just really expanding the numbers of coming into into these homes. It, like, I'm trying to figure out the best way to phrase this, but is there, they obviously want to see their family members, but is there a concern that in these home environments, you're really going to start opening it up? I know you mentioned private homes, and then there's a lot of things that would go into play to make sure people are staying safe. They're in the proper environments. Temperature checks are taking place. All the precautions are there. But is there still a concern about more people just being able to to enter these facilities? We didn't detect that in the survey. Um, There is certainly some support. Uh, It's a minority of people who support one visitor only. I think it's about 16% of people. So, you know, no answer in this survey, like any survey, got a unanimous uh, yes or opinion on any of 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 the questions. So we do have to respect and acknowledge that. But the vast majority do um, want to have more uh, people be able to visit them. And I think that when we look at the fact that the residents had less fear of COVID than their family members had for the resident is also telling. Um, And that very, very few residents are very worried about COVID. Um, And that is also telling us that, um, you know, they're they're looking at the, the bigger questions. Not everybody in long-term care has someone who comes to visit them. And of those who do get someone to visit them, many don't, aren't going to have more than one person. There's, a, there's sort of a sense that floodgates are going to open and care homes are going to be overwhelmed with people. I'd like to think that's what would happen, right. but that isn't what's going to happen, right? I mean, I've operated care homes and I've spent the last six years uh, in this job visiting care homes all over the province. And I, I've never come away with an impression that, you know, visitors are everywhere, uh, quite the contrary. And so I think we need to have that perspective as well, that the people for whom this is important have been profoundly impacted. But the actual numbers in the big scheme of things are not going to dramatically increase the risk. We, we by no stretch of the imagination, do we have as many visitors coming into care homes as we have staff and, and uh, delivery people and all the rest. Those, number, those people eclipse our visitors did it before COVID and certainly now. Most people will continue to have one visitor, a few uh, we'll start to have the two visitors, and even fewer um, would need more than that. I think if we even started with one more, um, we would, and we did it incrementally, and maybe, Jeff, we need to look at a different approach in different parts of the province. I mean, we are certainly aware uh, uh, um, of what is happening in Fraser Health, and it's a very different story there 
than in other areas of the province. And it's, you know, the border between Fraser and Coastal is a bit blurred sometimes around Burnaby. But um, but the numbers are, are, are markedly different. So maybe it looks different there than in the north and in the interior um, over here on the island. And even in big health authorities like Interior and um, uh, Northern Health, you have communities... I mean, Cranbrook and Kamloops are a long way from each other. So you could have an outbreak in Cranbrook and not be impacted in Kamloops. And I think as we look at, we're we're living with this pandemic for the next year, we need to evolve in how we're going to manage when we have outbreak spikes, um, certainly like we're seeing now in Fraser. Yeah, a lot of good points in there, Isabel. Really appreciate you making those. You're right. Uh, When I was trying to ask the question, it was sort of along the lines of once we start to allow some more visitors, the floodgates will open. I guess that's just my hope is that people haven't been able to visit, you know, their their elderly parents or grandparents for so long. And once that opportunity presents itself, most people would, would flock at that opportunity. And I guess that's not always the case and probably an unfair expectation. But that is, I guess, just something that I, that I had hope for. But you're right. That's, that's not the way it's going to work. And I think there's a lot of uh, valid points that are being made here, and, and I would love to see some changes be made, and, and I would love to see our, our older ones, our, our, our very important generation here in BC, get the chance to spend more time with family, because uh, as was mentioned at, at one point in the survey, I believe as well, or, or the release that was put out today, if, if we're going to protect them from COVID-19, that's important, but if they're not going to have the chance to actually enjoy that extra time with their loved ones, then at the end of the day, I guess, what truly is the point, right? Yeah. And I think that's what the that's what residents most markedly were telling us, and their family members as well. And it's their story, and we need to listen to it, and we need to respect um, what risk that they they want to take relative to all the other risks that are out there. Isabel, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate you doing this. I hope that the, there is some movement as a result, and, and I'm glad we were able to get the, the responses from, from people across the province. So thank you so much for the time, and uh, we'll follow up down the road for sure. Okay, thank you very much, Jeff. All right, that was Isabel McKenzie, the senior advocate here in British Columbia, speaking to a survey. More than 13,000 people have responded since that survey was launched on August 26th. And a lot of people saying, you know, COVID-19, it is important. There is some fear about COVID-19 in care home settings, but the fear of being alone outweighs the fear of the virus.